Hi and welcome. My name is Mel Hubbard and this is Talking Tesla. We're going to talk about the cars, the batteries, the supercharger, the rumors, the stock price, of course the man, anything and everything Tesla. Why? Well, because we're talking. 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 Talking Tesla. It's just a chat. In front of me. Just chatting. Just so you know. Just discussing. I'm excited. All right, Tom, we went to the tesla battery event so um that was good times there was hors d'oeuvres and stuff yeah there, i so. want you to speak specific a bit let's take a step back here a couple of weeks ago we went to the tesla battery event all right, <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome everyone to basically the announcement of tesla energy all right. We took our Tesla, and guess what? We weren't the only one driving a Tesla. All right, so let's talk about the most important part of that event, and it wasn't the fact that there's a new battery technology, one that recycles every day, one that cycles over a longer period of time no. for more storage. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about the fact that Elon Musk wants to change the world by having lots of solar panels, but then having battery backup wasn't about that. You know what it was about? The hors d'oeuvres. And the open bar. Was it open? Open bar, dude. Oh, I had to tip, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> because we're decent human beings. Yeah, you are a foodie, Tom, so uh, yeah. let's talk about the hors d'oeuvres. To there, me, there was a lot of fish and I don't want to eat that. There was some weird stuff on the, the canopy trays with like little triangular things, and we kind of thought that was all there was, and then we took a walk around to grab a gin and tonic and a Chardonnay. I wonder which one of us had the Chardonnay. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there was a whole other thing there, and it was full of, of French fries. Yes. And- and slidery Sliders. things with like a pulled pork situation oh and also some vegetarian meatballs. I don't know who those were for. <laughs> I like to eat vegetables, but not in meatball form. I'll tell you that right now. Is it, isn't it sociologically very interesting that probably the average income of people at a Tesla event right now, it'll be different later on when we have cheaper Teslas, but the average income there was probably substantial. I'll tell you this. I, I brought that down. But those people were like all over that free food like Oprah oh on a Not only were they all over the free food, not only were there really long lines for the food, for the alcohol, but people would cut in line. Yeah. Like guys with Rolexes are like, excuse me, those are my French fries, sir. I would like those free shoe strings. That would be mine. That was a it was fascinating psychologically fascinating to me. It so was. um the sliders and the fries were simply outstanding. It made the whole event they in my mind. They were spectacular and they were pouring like quality well drinks. I mean this wasn't like a tank like tankeray. We're talking like good good quality alcohols, a nice chardonnay. I mean it I loved was it. delicious. It was crisp Fruity, maybe a little grassy. I quite liked it. Nice. And after the fifth one, I didn't, you know, didn't have any pain. I mean, we got in the car. We were blind drunk. (laughs) The producers of Talking Tesla in no way endorsed the driving of cars while intoxicated. We believe, although we cannot confirm, that this was a joke. Thank God it was valeted, or we never would have found it. And we just we went home. We didn't hit anything. We got lucky. We must have autopilot or something. Yeah, I think it's a self driverless (laughs) Google. Tesla? My biggest beef about the food were the lines. Yeah, Too many lines. That's right. right. But I mean, you know, they, they probably didn't. I mean, they maybe they knew how many people RSVP'd, but it's hard to run an event 
like that and not know maybe a bunch of VIPs showed up at the last minute. You know how it is in L.A. Like, oh, excuse me, I must be at the Tesla event. Let me stand in the VIP line. It was a bit like that. Now, my um, the thing that I enjoyed the most, actually, when we first drove in, do you remember this? Let me take you back in time. Yeah. That's very familiar and probably yeah. copywritten. Probably. So we're driving in there, and it's at uh, the Hawthorne Airport. So you come around, the, you get off the freeway, you come around the corner, you mm-hmm. get to the yeah. Hawthorne Airport, and there's this big Tesla sign. Boom! On this big giant building. Light, and I lovely. get all excited and start talking like a 12 year old boy. <laughs> Look, it's a big Tesla thing. And as we're driving in, we're pulling in this Tesla behind us. There's a Tesla in front of us. There's a Tesla to the side of us. Teslas are everywhere. So I'm getting very excited. And there's a big barn door, a hangar door, and it's open. And in there is a whole bunch of people standing in front of computers, big monitors. And you said, you know what that is, Mel? SpaceX. You SpaceX. Said that. That's You've right. Forgotten, haven't you? I didn't. No, I was just. I was holding for you because I wasn't sure if you wanted to reveal or if I was revealing. Yes, it, SpaceX is right there in the Tesla building. These. I don't know if you know this about SpaceX. First private company mm-hmm. to send a vehicle into space. SpaceX vs achievements include the first privately funded liquid propellant rocket Falcon One to reach orbit on the twenty eighth of September two thousand eight. The first privately funded company to successfully launch, orbit and recover a spacecraft. And the first private company to send a spacecraft to the International Space Station. To dock with the uh, International Space Station. It's bringing like cappuccino machines (laughs) up there. Real important stuff Elon Musk is working on. The Italian guy's like, hello, I needed the coffee. (laughs) Did they send Teslas up there? It no, was so cool. you don't so need a cool. Tesla in space, bro. It was so cool to see that. It may have been yeah. the highlight of the entire evening for me. And also pretty much wiped out any carbon savings that uh, oh, all those you, Teslas you producing. I'm sure he's buying carbon credits. All right, so then we did the event, and my beef with the event, it was great. We had the sliders. We had the Chardonnay. It was all good. But he made us wait for an very long oh, time, until so almost long. to the point where I was like, we're out of here. Because there's like, I don't know how many people there, a thousand people there, and it's getting later and later. And, and Tom, I have to go to bed by 10 o'clock or I'm a mess. And these rich people are shoving and there was almost a fight behind us about a guy like wanting the square foot of space in front of another guy's square foot of space. It was very testosterone-y and also kind of nerdy. It was a weird group of folks. The press was all there, like, oh, my God, he's going to change the world. And 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 he makes us wait. And he makes us wait. wait. And then, like, some celebrities come out, and they don't get on stage. They're just like, you know, he's got his own entourage. I mean, I half expected to see Turtle out there with him. Turtle? From Entourage. Uh, the people will get the reference. <laughs> you don't, don't clearly. I do not know. You're a very silly man. I don't know Turtle. Only watch zombie movies. Yes, all of the zombie movies. <laughs> So then here's what I liked about it. So he comes out and finally he's there and we're like, thank freaking God. And he's wearing the same suit he always wears. Yes. And he's not known as the best public speaker of all time. He's a good man. I love the man. Yes. Terrible presenter. Yes. Good in interviews, not good as a presenter by himself. No. So he gets up there and you know that they've been studying and they've been sort of doing this like a TED talk and they're ready. And he gets up there and he says... Uh, basically, it's a battery. <laughs> like, exactly. And you can see people behind him. His handlers going, how many times do we do the intro? <laughs> it was funny to me. Basically, it's a battery. And I was like, I don't know. Do you remember? Like, right As I walked in, I looked around and I saw the lights and stuff like that. And what did I say to you? 
What did I say you, to you? You did pick it. It's a big battery van. Everybody knows it's a battery van. It's no secret. And Tom walks in there and he goes, I bet you he says, and tonight's entire event has been run off a Tesla battery. And what did they say, Tom? This entire night has been powered by batteries. Of <laughs> Not only that, the batteries were charged by the solar panels on the roof of this building. (laughs) So this entire night, everything you're experiencing is stored sunlight. The entire event was run off Tesla batteries, not the little piddly one you put on the side of your house that I think might be useless, I'm just saying. Uh, But the big industrial bad boys, that really is probably the whole reason for the whole thing. Let's be honest. It was uh, cool. So let's get into it then. So you... You uh, don't. You're not going to get one of those. So, as everybody knows, who's listening to this podcast, surely. So he they announced uh, sort of home batteries, a seven and a half kilowatt and a ten kilowatt. The seven and a half kilowatt is supposed to cycle every day. The idea is that you could buy seven and a half kilowatts of really cheap energy in the middle of the night, and then use that when it's expensive. And so, just that alone, you could save money. And then bigger ones, ten kilowatt, which you would cycle as backup. Let's say. The electricity in your area goes out, then you just – it'll automatically flip on and your house will be fine. You don't think that there's a use for this in your life? I think the only real use is for people who already have a lot of excess solar, people who are trying to live off the grid in the middle of nowhere, your Ted Nugent, your Bob Dylan, your Neil Youngs, your brother, uh, right? Brother, yeah. Who lives off in the middle of the grid with no – and he's got like 700 – old celica batteries that's like, exactly tied to each other <laughs> that's and what they're he just like they're just holding the juice and it's all inefficient right for those guys i think they're awesome because it's nice and compact but for like the normal person first off you you mentioned buying cheap electricity my tier one electricity is i think uh, i don't know let's call it 13 cents a kilowatt hour mm-hmm. my tier two energy is 17 cents a kilowatt hour so we're talking about four cents and we're not and so uh that's 40 cents every time the thing's fully charged it's 3500 bucks plus installation it will take you all of your family's lifetimes that actually have ever lived before you and will ever live after you to make up for that in your case you've got i don't know 8000 solar panels on your roof uh, Yes. So maybe it works for you, but if you did the math and really did the math, I just I don't see it's there. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You were told that. So because- they use numbers, and it's interesting you bring that up because they bring numbers up like um, in some places you can buy at 3 o'clock in the morning electricity for – Eight cents a kilowatt hour, but at the peak times it's thirty cents a kilowatt hour. Huge differences. So I guess if you don't have a huge difference between your peak and your off peak, it may not be uh, worth the cash. Is that right? You are uh, LADWP. Correct. Yeah, and then I don't believe there's a huge difference. I could be wrong, but I, um, when I look at my tiered bill, it looks like it's just tiers. It doesn't appear like there's. They do list peak and off peak, but I don't see a big price difference. I could be wrong about that, but yeah, again, it's got to yeah. be cents. You got to be wrong. Anyway, we'll look at it. I mean, yeah, I don't we'll know. Check it you out. We'll add it. I don't think it's that big a difference either. I don't remember it being that big a difference. But there's also like tier three, isn't there? Like at seven thirty at night in the summer when everybody's air conditioner is on, if you turn on your power, it's like three thousand no, 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 dollars per the, but hour. But the tiers are, are how much your usage is, right? So again, it's also it, timed. 
but it but it's well mine is timed yours i don't and we're in the same dwp so i don't really understand that to be honest with you so well, i could be ignorant and that wouldn't be the first time let's <laughs> right. be honest and i'll get some real you know, i'll like, be editing in here some facts that'd be great because making me look stupid we're not we don't have a lot of facts that will be helpful well we said there'd be no math but actually there of course will be a little bit of math i want to try and explain this in a simplified way so that you can then apply this to your particular situation let's say for example that you're on a metered energy setting with your electric uh, utility. And let's say that at 3 a.m. in the morning, you can buy electricity at 10 cents per kilowatt hour. But at, say, 7 o'clock at night, when everybody's using their air conditioners, you're buying at 30 cents per kilowatt hour. The difference between those two is 20 cents per kilowatt hour. So if you buy in the middle of the night and use it at the peak time, you're potentially saving 20 cents per kilowatt hour. If you have a 7 kilowatt battery, fully charged, you've saved $1.40 every time you cycle it. And if you did that every single day, then you'd save somewhere around $500 per year if that was your exact scenario. But you need to know if you have a time of day metering system and you need to know the difference between the expensive electricity you're buying and the cheap electricity buying. But that gives you an idea of how to do the math. Just take the expensive minus the cheap, minus the amount you use every day, uh, multiply it out for the year if you want, and that'll tell you your savings. And that'll tell you that if it's a $3,000 system, and that may be more than that, and you're saving about 500 bucks a year, there's about a six-year payoff. So if you're doing it purely to save cash, it's going to take you about six years to pay it off. But, uh, but again, I think that like we're still talking about cents. We're talking about $3,500. I mean, you had an interesting thing. You want to be completely not dependent in well what you refer to it on the way home was a zombie apocalypse hits my house thank you i want to be able to have some power now the average american and this research i did do use about 30 kilowatt hours a day right so you would need three of the tens for one day's worth of usage. You got like 17 refrigerators and 45 big screen TVs <laughs> at your house, so you might need a few more. But then the other part about that is the way that your the DWP anyways lets you set up your system is if the grid goes down, it doesn't matter. You're not char- I don't think the way that your system is set up, your chart you can charge directly from your solar panels. That's what I don't know either. And again, we're going to edit in some facts here because yeah. if it goes to from the solar to the battery and the battery is somehow then connected to my house first, so if the grid goes down, I can always use it. That's what I want it for. I want to be able to be off the grid if the grid goes down. One problem with the zombie apocalypse idea, even if this works out and I can do that, I can go from my solar panels and I can charge my batteries and I can be fully offline if I want to mm-hmm. – what are the zombies going to do when all the houses around me are dark and my lights are on? They're going to come to you. You're going to have to keep your lights on in your basement, bro. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, do not be flaunting like Don't HBO. The zombies will. I mean, they'll find you, bro. Yeah. You know they will. This you got is- a new fence though, so maybe that'll keep them out. Yeah, I don't think it's zombie-proof. It's your basic wooden fence. Probably not. I don't think it's yeah. going to. So uh, that is a good point, and we'll find out some more details about this. So you're not getting one. You're not. You didn't put yourself on the list. Well, okay. So for in my case, my you my I have a solar system from another one of Elon Musk's lovely environmentally friendly companies, the Solar City. The Solar City. I'm very very happy with, and it has provided me. According to their thing, about $3,800 in savings since I bought it in 2011. So that's pretty good. That's nice. Right. Um, It was an expensive system. I did the prepaid solar lease, so it didn't really cost me. I've recouped about half of my cost so far of my prepaid 20-year solar lease. So that's pretty good. Yes. 
um, where was I saying? Oh, but my system is not big enough to provide surplus. That's what she said. Go on. <laughs> my system, like it's just not big enough to provide surplus. Even so, like during the summer, I'm probably about a break even or a little bit below break even in the winter because of cloud cover and stuff like that. I'm not even close. So. You know, my system keeps me out of the upper tiers most of the time, which I'm very, very grateful for, and all of those DWB penal- DWP penalties. But, you know, I don't have excess like you do. Like, you have excess that you put it back into the DWP, and they give you credits yes. for, like, the winter months or whatever that you hold. It's like like rollover minutes to a certain extent, right? <laughs> yeah, is, is that how it works? That's exactly what it is. Because <laughs> so, I can make a phone call from my solar panel. Right. I don't get any rollover minutes from the DWP. So for me, I, I would have to really look at what my production and usage is to see if it would work. But I don't think it works for me. And, you know, at 3500 bucks. That's just the tip of the iceberg. They they say there's a couple grand more in installation and permitting and stuff like that. That's pricey. Yeah, we don't know the exact number yet because uh, when he announced it's thirty five hundred dollars, there was this collective gasp. Oh my gosh, they look so pretty. They look so nice. I would do that thirty five hundred dollars. But then you have to buy an inverter and then you have to get it installed. So it's not clear how much this is. I can tell you, there's a group of people for whom this is uh, a revelation. So I have friends, for example, in Africa, who uh, run nonprofits. And they have constant problems with the grid and power and it's shutting off all the time. And when I called my friend and said, uh, here just what got released, they're in tears. Like, this is exactly what we need. We need a solar system. We need a robust battery backup that isn't giant and lead-acid batteries. We can cycle it every day if we need to. We can have backup. She's like, I must get one of these. So for some people in remote areas, this is going to be fantastic. They're going to have to do a bit more of a sales job to work out if it's going to be good for the you and the me in the big cities. Well, and it's also it's it's thirty five hundred bucks. Is it going to be thirty five hundred bucks there? I did a little bit of research into it, and it looks like about seventy percent of the cost of the thing is just purely on the battery. So, you know, they pay more than two hundred dollars currently. I think it's two forty per kilowatt hour of battery capacity is the cost. They hope the Giggle factory drives that down to 170. They're the only company that's got a downward trend in their battery costs right now. Everybody else seems to be either staying stable or or possibly even etching up a little bit, but I you know, the Giga factory could be the game changer for cost per kilowatt hour of battery space. So maybe that drives it down. Maybe they do some sort of buy one for Africa kind of campaign. But to me, like, don't you think the big industrial ones would be better for like a village to kind of do it that way and have like mini power plants that are very, you know, environmentally friendly, very mobile. Like imagine a, a like a UNICEF refugee camp, right, that's set up. Like it would be amazing. Drop one of those in, throw some panels up, boom, you got it. So Tom's point is an important one, and a lot of people are really interested in this, and you can find a lot of blogs that are discussing it. For example, Clean Technia has a nice little uh, series on this. So it really depends on your assumptions, and it really depends on what is happening in the future with battery technology, with battery cost per kilowatt hour. But as that cost per kilowatt hour goes down with things like the Gigafactory and new technologies and graphene batteries or whatever might be around the corner, as that cost to store energy goes down, these systems become more and more more useful to you. 
whether you have a solar system or whether you don't have a solar system. And so we expect that that cost per kilowatt hour is going to continue to go down just because of this giant factory and the fact that it has lots of efficiencies of scale, but also with new technologies. So again, right now you have to really look at your particular situation to decide if this is financially viable, if that's the only reason you're doing it. But over time, this should become, with new technologies and with new efficiencies, more and more viable as that cost per kilowatt hour goes down and down and down to a magic, many people say the really magic number is about $100 per kilowatt hour of storage. At that point, you blow fossil fuels and everything else out of the water. It, it addresses all the needs. It's, and it's, if, if, you, if you're a... Uh, thinking about sort of buying a battery, what does this provide you? Well, it gives you peace of mind. So if there's a, if, if there's a, a cut in the utilities, you're always going to have power, particularly if you're in a place that's very cold. Now you'll, you, you don't have to worry about um, being out of power if there's, a, if there's an ice storm. Um, you can actually go, if you want, completely off-grid. You can take your solar panels, charge the battery packs, and that's, and that's all you use. So it gives you safety, security... Uh, it, it, and it gives you a complete and affordable solution. And the cost of this is $3,500. Oh, look, there's obviously so much more that we need to discuss about this, and we will in the weeks, months, and years ahead. My name was Mel Herbert. His name was Tom Wolfson. This was produced by Fully Bill Incorporated. Our producer this month was C.C. Herbert. And if you'd like to make a comment, you can do so at info at talkingtesla.net. That's right. It's a .net. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we've been... Talking. 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 Talking.